What's up, Skate World? We are back, and as always, each episode is brought to you by All I Need Skateboarding. I would like to take this moment to thank those that have gone to their local shop and seen one of our decks and made the purchase, and to those that have gone to allineedskate.com and purchased some of our apparel. You guys are epic, and you're directly contributing to core skateboarding and to the show, and it means the world to me. So thank you. For those just tuning in for the first time, if you want to check out everything All I Need related, and you are on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, you can follow us at All I Need Skate. Thank you. Next up, next up, uh, we have Roll for Rob. Event number three is coming up. That is July 24th, and it will be at Kennedy Plaza Rink in Providence, Rhode Island. It is hosted by Civil Skate Shop. And I've been to the first two events, and they were awesome. And this one will be no different. Um, Rob Ponce has been contributing to skateboarding for a long time in the New England area. And uh, he's in the midst of a battle with ALS. And these events are to have people come together, all the skaters that Rob has been a part of their lives and and made an impact. All those people come together and... uh, Show support to Rob and his family. And uh, this one's going to be awesome. I'll definitely be there. So I hope to see you guys there. And uh, last time it was insane. Uh, I know Jim Thebow was there. Donnie Barley came out Westgate. Um, it was insane. Robbie Brockle. A lot of dudes were there. It was, and it was so much skating and such good vibes. And it was an awesome day. I was I was thankful for it. Um, okay, and also I wanted to let you guys know that the New England Am, the third annual New England Am, is coming up later this year. It will be November 5th and 6th. It is a two-day event. It is hosted at The Edge Indoor Skate Park, and it is always live and wild. Um, we have three divisions, 14 and under, which always trips me out, because little kids with style and pop and power... It's incredible how fast they're progressing these days, and I love watching love watching it. And then we have 15 and over, which is dudes that have kind of come into their style, and they realize their capabilities, and they're really pushing it, and it's it, that's insane to watch as well. And then the last division is Skate Shop Invite, which, man, we had each year we had 25, 26 skate shops from all over the place come together. They brought three riders each. And these dudes are, you know, focused, driven skateboarders that know their abilities and are really pushing the boundaries. And it's quite the show, to be honest. We also do a best trick. We gave out, like, I believe it was like $1,500 in cash last year, sponsored by World Industries. Uh, we did a gap to hubba. This year we'll switch it up. That's going to go down as well. And we did an after party at No Problemo last year. And this year, we'll, hopefully, we'll do the same. Um, but yeah, I hope to see you guys there as well, November 5th and 6th. If you want to follow along for updates on the New England M, you can go to Instagram, and it is at New England M. So thank you. Um, also, the audio today on this episode is a little staticky. It's not horrible, but um, I had this amazing conversation with a skate shop owner, underdog skate shop owner, Wade Cedar, and... Uh, I think the content uh, of our conversation is worth putting up with a little static. (laughs) Wade's the man and and my friend, and I'm excited to introduce you guys to him. Uh, So I hope you enjoy. Thank you for everything. Peace.
I just love the skating and the scene. Rain, rain, go away. All I need is a skateboard today. Board today. Board today. This is the Shetler Show featuring professional skateboarder, podcaster, and All I Need Skate founder, Anthony Shetler. So everyone was, it was hot. Everyone was doing it. Yeah, they're looking for their dad's fucking metal skateboards in the garage. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, Sad. Yeah. Get on this thing. <laughs> Each episode brings you amazing discussions with interesting people from all walks of life. Kind of when skateboarding clicked for me and you learn some tricks or whatever and you get that appreciation from your peers, you know? The other skaters are like, holy shit, like, yeah, dude, that's rad. Admiration. Yeah, yeah the admiration or the, the affirmation. Real. Recognize real. If I didn't experience those crazy moments in my life, then these great moments would never be as great as they have been. Honestly, like for me, I just loved it. Like I saw those dudes, I saw those videos, and I was like, holy fuck, this is sick. Yeah. This is what I want to do. Where are you at? You at the shop? I'm at the shop. I got a couple homies here. Hell yeah. What's up, guys? Yeah, man. You ready to do this? Yeah, man. Let's do it. How, all right, let's start off at the top. Let's. What's a typical What's a typical day for you um, when you're at the shop and working and stuff like that? How do you start your day? Always sleeping in. <laughs> nice. I'm lazy. I'm a night owl, too. I'm usually watching Game of Thrones lately. Nice. Is that show good or what? Oh, damn. It's so good. People praise it, but I've never even seen an episode. <laughs> I, I used to always shit on shows like that. Like, I was like, oh, no, I'll never watch that. But my girlfriend's like, just watch a couple episodes with me. We'll see where it goes. And I'm just like, hooked. <laughs> Sick. I think I'd be hooked, too. That's why I haven't watched it yet. It's like action, nudity. Nice. Like, drama. Everything you could want that show. Nice. I'm a huge fan of, like, fantasy Harry Potter shit. Is it like that? It's kind of like that, but, like, medieval. Nice. More yeah. killing. Yes, then it sounds awesome. That's cool. So, so what's what's your typical day? What do you what time do you wake up at? What time does the shop open? Shop opens at one. I usually get here a little late, <laughs> like like five minutes late is like the routine. Nice. It's usually because the dog the dog's usually here. I got a little puppy. Her name's Lakai. What kind of dog? An Australian Labrador. And it's Lakai. Her name's Lakai. Yeah. Sick name. <laughs> yeah, shop puppy. All the kids love her. Like, some people just come in just to kick it with a dog because she's, like, so friendly. That's rad. How old is she? She's about nine months now. She was born, like, Halloween-ish, so however that old is. Nice. You know, you never met my dogs, but I got two. I got a beagle. I've seen the photos. He yeah. looks like a boss. Yeah, Elwood. You've seen Elwood. Elwood the, yeah, yeah, Elwood the Great. Yeah, Elwood the Great. Exactly. That's his hashtag for those out there. You guys can check that out. But uh, like we got Amber, too. She's a beagle. She's actually, actually, I can show you her real quick if I don't I don't spill my weed. Hold on. Yeah, oh yeah, my show's uncensored. We talk about whatever. I have a certificate so people on the internet world can... There she is. She's oh, that's sleeping. awesome. She's just sleeping on my stuff right now. That's chill, huh? Yeah, she's chilling. <laughs> that's nice. You drink coffee? Yeah, this is a special Sam Adams coffee. Oh, <laughs> that'd be nice. What's that, <laughs> Summer Ale? I figured I'd get some honesty juice so we could be uh, authentic. Yeah, I like that. That's what the marijuana does for me, so it's nice. Just facilitates it that much more. Sure. Awesome. 
I've been good, man. I've just been busy hustling. Yeah, I just everything that I do, I enjoy. So it's just like I can get carried away for weeks, and time just yeah. slips away. I'm sure you understand that. Sure. What about time of the day. yeah? What about yourself, man? We've been really busy. Shop's doing well, man. I'm feeling really optimistic about how things are going. Doing a lot of events. We just had a huge cookout yesterday at the skate park. I saw on uh, Instagram. I saw all the people, and you guys took like a group photo, which is tight. Yeah, I mean, for me, this shop is all about the kids. It's all about our skate community and trying to just make a hub for the local skaters. So that's well, what I, I try to do. Well, here's here, here we should probably start at the beginning. How did you get in? Sure. How did you get into skateboarding? How did you find out about skateboarding? How did I find out about skateboarding? So I, I mean, we've talked before. So I mean, we got a pretty similar past, you know, growing up with the struggle and everything. Um, I was homeless for like the majority of my life. Uh, just bounce around like projects, floors, basements, friends' houses. And then uh, I was living in the projects. I was probably like 10 or 11. And one of the kids that lived across the street, his cousin was over. He had a World Industries complete. And he was like, yo, you ever try to skateboard? Nice. I was like, ah. So tried it that night, and I was like hooked ever since. My mom bought me a Hobbity cap from Walmart. Nice. And then uh, when I was like 12, I got my first real, real board. Yeah, it's so funny. Oh, sick. That's a good first one to start with, man. The Blue Falcon one. Oh, that? yeah. I remember that. Fuck yeah. <laughs> it's you on the team at that point? Um, I don't know. They've done reissues of that one, I believe. So, I'm sure that one was out when I was on there. It's crazy how skating, like, for someone, like, like you said, we have similar backgrounds. Like, skating yeah. is such a fucking gift when you come up in a situation where nothing's, oh, like, stable. God. It was the biggest gift for me. It was just, like that outlet of escaping my reality, you know? It's just like a way to get away from everything. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That's right. So then you got on a skateboard, and how, how fast did you progress? Not fast at all. <laughs> I still suck. I mean, <laughs> not, not very fast, but, like, it was just a thing for us to do. Like, my, my best friend at the time, he's still my best friend, Mike, he picked up a board, too, so we just we'd kick it together, and we lived kind of lawlessly. Like, our parents, I mean... Didn't really give a shit, so we'd be out skating at the plazas, like, in front of Market Basket until, like, 3 in the morning, you know? Yeah, yeah. Just so. hitting curves, jumping off carriages and whatnot, so. What happened? If you don't mind me asking, what happened in the family structure that broke up the home? Oh, man, everything. It's just, like, I don't know, if you came from that, you know how cyclical that shit can be. So it's, like, my mother is uneducated, 8th grade education. My father didn't graduate high school. I got three older brothers, all of them alcoholics. One was heroin addict when I was growing up. So, like, growing up in all that chaos is just, like, I'm kind of amazed that I got out of it the way I did because most people don't, you know, so. Yeah. I kind of like that lifestyle. Yeah, it's so easy to get, like, when you're when you're grown into a sit when I was born into that situation, it was kind of like people are struggling just daily. And when people yeah, struggle, yeah. yeah, when they struggle daily, and there's a lot of people, and then they kind of drugs, alcohol, and they're whatever. They're each other, like, you know what I mean? It's hard to, I don't know how many people, like, get out of that system. It's, it's really, it's actually amazing what they do. Yeah, it's rare. It's rare because it's the crabs in the barrel situation when there's a lot of people in. They don't want to let one out because everyone's pulling each other down. Because it's if right. you just let one out, they could get the rope and everyone could get out. You know. <laughs> and it's like now sometimes I almost feel like alienated from those same people that I grew up with because it's like a lot of them are still doing the same shit. Yeah. And like I didn't do much in my life, but I kind of like made it. I feel like I made it, so it's like I don't know. I feel like a, a level of separation from those people. 
Yeah, there's cl- classes are a real thing in America for sure. For sure. Of course. And even and you did make it because for me, just rising out of poverty and getting to like a normalcy, I feel like was fucking a huge. That's like getting rich to me. It felt like right, it. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know if you ever had this like realization, but like sometimes I feel like I've almost lived like two different lives. Like there was like my life before, and it's like I almost have like a mental separation. There's like me now. Yeah. And it's like completely different. I try not to forget because I'm super grateful of like where I am, and where I came from, but. Like, I'm living a, a totally different reality now. Like, way happier, you know? Yeah, I'm with you. What I, what I deal with a lot is um my family, because I can't leave them. It's, like, really hard. And I I go and see them, and some are doing better than others. But, like, the same demons that I've overcame, they're still mm-hmm. dealing with it, you know? So then my, right. my, my struggle becomes trying to find words to explain it to them, like, you know, to help them move past these demons that are holding them back. A lot of it is in our minds, you know, it's just dysfunction. Because we live in the most power, powerful, most prosperous country in the nation, but our country is consumer, sell, sell, sell. That creates a lot of, when humans have no, when they're not worth anything, it fucks you up. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Sure and that's a hard thing to get out of. That's the poverty I'm speaking of. Like, we always had shit. There was always government assistance, like some family. Right. To, yeah. Same, Over, right? Baby. Yeah. It's the poisons. The poisons in the brain that, that get you, really. Right. How do, how, do you, how do you deal with that? Do you have a coping it's mechanism? Hard for me. Like, sometimes I feel like, like it's hard for me to even relate with my family, you know, because we have, I mean, the only thing that we have in common is that we're family. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I'm not sure if I met my brother on the street, not being his brother, I probably wouldn't like him. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's a hard thing to, to come to terms with, but it's like, sometimes it's only the struggle that you've been together that, like, brings you together, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I just, I struggle with that. I, I, deal, I deal with that a similar, a little bit similar to you in the fact that I had this saying, I was like, look, I don't care what, what if we're family or friends or whatever, it has to be real. Just because we're family doesn't mean we're family. Like, we have to treat each other well. We have to be there for each other. Like, the title means nothing if there's no actions behind it. Sure. So that was something I had to go through and, like, reiterate. Because we did, people do some fucked up shit to each other. You care about sure. each other. Yeah, but Especially you... family. You would think that it would be just, like, to strangers. But I think it's, like, <laughs> you harm the people the closest the most. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you can be yourself, and you can, like, if you're broken, just be yourself when you guys hurt each other. It happens. Right. You ever tried a float tank? Sensory deprivation tank? What's that? You ever tried a sensory deprivation tank? What the hell is that? Oh, dude, it's so fucking good. It really helped me with a lot of things. It's basically just 10 inches of water in a tank, and it's called a sensory deprivation tank because it cuts off all your senses. So... The 10 inches of water is filled with 600 pounds of Epsom salt, so it's, you float. So you have no gravity, the water's heated to the temperature of your body, so you don't even feel the water. You can't see you. You're literally feeling nothing, just like floating, basically. Like you're in space for an hour long. And it's like, it's amazing, because it, you know, the only way to dump some of this fucking memories and stuff is to like, dump it off the hard drive, you know, and it's kind of like a reset. When you go and float for an hour, you have no stimulation, so your mind can kind of... Sensory deprivation was like transcending to the mental, though. Like, how does that work? Yeah, because your mind is forced to like focus on whatever. It gives it an hour to just kind of do whatever it wants. You know, like normally we have phones, we have people, we have all the senses, even light. Like, light hurts my eyes, and like, 
I'm never in complete darkness without anything, like no stimulation, and it allows me to have enough time to let my brain for an hour just let it work through whatever it's got to work through without anything. Like, like a meditation. Exactly. It helped me. It helped me with the practice of meditation because it kind of forces you in that. So I did it a bunch of times, and I took a bunch of my friends because I was like, "You gotta try this." Like it kind of forces you into that meditation state. And then it makes it easier for you to get to that point without the tank because you already know what it is and you know how to get right, there. You know, you know how to bring yourself to that point. Yeah, it's been really, really, really beneficial for me. And I haven't gone in a long time, but uh, I did go quite a bit in the beginning. And the salt for our bodies, you skate your ass off. I know you do. So all the swelling, okay. yeah, an hour in the Epsom salt bath is like you come out feeling like you're 12 years old and you got your World Industries board and you're ready to go. Wow. You should try it. It's sick. It's like 60 bucks for an hour. Dollar a minute. Even, I've never even heard of that being offered anywhere. Oh, there's some out in Massachusetts. Um, Lakeville. There's one up near um, Boston. Um, I want to say Boylston, Mass. There's one out there. Um, yeah, and you just... How the fuck did you come across that? Podcast. I tried that out. Joe Rogan podcast. I listened to that, and that's what got me into this, starting a podcast, and he always talked about it, and then I was like, Damn, that seems beneficial. I tried it, and I was like, yeah, it really helped me. It's not a... Yeah, not give it a shot. Yeah, it's not a permanent solution, but it, it you feel great for, like, two weeks. You feel like you took off a bag of bricks, and you're just like, ah, I can, like, I dumped everything. I can start again and just take on more weight and then dump it again, you know? Sure. Sick. All right, we got sidetracked, but that's okay. <laughs> I got a whole bunch of questions. Shoot away, dog. Okay, so you last on the skating. You got your homie. How'd you do in How'd you do in school? Middle school, elementary, high school, I guess. I struggled, man. I struggled in in middle school and elementary mm-hmm. school just because of all the chaos that was around me. You know. Yeah. So I, I kind of was just like revolting, you know. Yeah. I drank at an early age. I started drinking when I was like thirteen. Gnarly. Yeah, I, I lost my virginity when I was thirteen. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so like for me, like I grew up real fast. Really young. Yeah. And, uh, that wasn't good for like my younger years, middle school. No. Well, that you know, I was I was fighting, just pissed at the world because like about my situation. You know what I mean? Like, especially coming from like an affluent town. Like, I went through the school system in Newburyport. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't always living there because I was bouncing around a lot. But I mean, I was like one of the few poor kids, so it was really hard to like fit in. I just felt even more alienated, you know. Yeah, I can relate to that 100% in school, because I was the same way. It's so funny, I lost my virginity at 13. Her name was... Right. I tell people that, and like, now I'm disgusted with myself, because I see 13-year-olds <laughs> coming into my shop, and I'm like, that's a baby. <laughs> that's, that's not even an adult, like, I'm not even close to being a human adult. Yeah, you need to develop first before you take on all that, you know? Um, but same in school, I would go to school pissed off and angry, because... You know, kids would be talking about trivial shit and being mean to each other because they just had the freedom. And you're sitting there dealing with, like, heavy concepts and life and where you're going to sleep and food and family that's dysfunctional and in danger. And you're like, at school, I just put my head down a lot. They just passed me out of, like, the fact that they knew I wasn't a horrible person. They didn't want to deal with you anymore. Get <laughs> this guy out of here. How'd you, how'd you pass? How'd you get the grades, though? Did you do the work when needed or what? Yeah, you know, like, I always had this, like, innate ability to do schoolwork. I was actually, like, a decently smart kid because I ended up being valedictorian in college. I graduated right. number one. Sick. 4.0 GPA. Holy I just, shit. Uh, I just finished my master's last year, so. Wow. Congrats. Yeah. That's amazing. 
Thank you, man. I'm stoked on that. That took a lot of work, a lot of willpower. What gave a lot you the time? A lot of money. Yeah, I bet. What gave you the drive to want to do that? You know, I'm not really sure. I just I went away to college, and for me, that was just like a transformative time because it was like my life became my own to take in charge of. You know, it was no longer like living with people. And I was like, you know what? Like, if anybody's gonna make something out of this, it's gonna be me. Yeah. So I started dedicating myself to things that were gonna make me a better person. And I don't know. One thing led to another. And I, I don't know. It's all such a whirlwind. I think about it. I can't believe that I just spent like seven years in school. Like, it it went by a lot quicker than I expected. How how did you handle the financial aspects of getting your master's? That seems like overwhelming to me. So I got a little bit of financial aid. Nice. I was, I mean, coming from a single mother, poverty. You get a, a lot of help, but then going through like the last couple of years when the financial aid runs out, and then going back to grad school, you gotta just pay. I paid for that out of pocket. I had a money job making pizza, delivering pizza. Nice. Paid really well. I think I remember you telling me that. That's nice. Yeah, I was I was taking home like nine hundred cash. Wow, that's like strip club money back in the day. But it was unreal. <laughs> like, so that that paid my way through school, man. Wow, that's cool. And do you feel like you took a, took away a lot from school? Like it benefited you? Not just the degree, but like you learned shit? You really... I, I honestly did it for myself. Like I didn't really have like an end goal. Like yeah. I didn't, I never wanted to just be this one thing. Like when I grow up, you know, it's just like, I like to learn. I love to learn. I, want, I love to travel. That's why I went for international relations. Because I was just like, you know, I want to see the world. I've seen a little bit of it, so... Nice. Where have you been? Yeah. Uh, I actually founded a library in Rwanda. Oh, I, dude, hold on. I got a list. I'm crossing it off. The English Literacy Reading Center, right? Yeah, yeah. Did I read that correctly? You did, <laughs> <laughs> How does that come to be? What the fuck? Oh, dude, like, so I entered the program. I had a UMass Boston. That's where I went to school. Nice. And uh, awesome faculty. Big shout out to them. Those guys are great. Uh... And it's a real small program, right? And there's kids from all over the world. It's international study, so it's like the study of like global politics, you know, UN, all this type of stuff. Um, and I befriend this Rwandan kid, and we're just shooting the shit after class here and there. And he's like, you know, I kind of want to do something in my home country, like open maybe like a library or some sort of like nonprofit. And I was like, I'm totally game for that. It sounds crazy enough. Like, let's do it. Yeah. And, uh, one thing led to another, we just, like, I don't know, we started fundraising, we started collecting books through Craigslist, library sales, just, like, spreading the idea around, like, we just had this vision, and we just, I don't know, we just kept asking people for help, and one thing led to another, and now there's over a hundred kids a week getting services at our library, learning how to read and write in English, and Whoa. bettering their chances of employment, so over there, that's, like, a huge huge thing for them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Like, I love the project because for me, growing up poor and going through those, you know, adversities made me realize how much help some people need. And so for me to give back that, like, I don't know, it sounds really selfish, but like that, that's what I love most, like uh, helping other people. So. Yeah, that's not selfish. You know what I like about what you did, the library and information, like, Especially when we were growing up, it's like, I love words now. Obviously, I have a podcast and whatever, sure. but the words are so empowering. You can understand. If you know the right words, you can truly understand something, you know, and like, right. to share and that. power, so it's like, if we give these kids some information, who knows? Maybe, I saw it as like planting a seed. 
Yeah. Like we're teaching these kids how to read and write English. Maybe they teach a thousand more kids and they help their country out of their situation. I mean, so it's just like give her, giving everyone the tools, you know, that Jesus proverb. Yeah, R- Rwanda. Teach a fish or whatever. Oh, that's what it is. <laughs> Rwanda's been through a lot of craziness too, huh? Yeah, he, uh, my buddy Parfait, he was actually uh, a child of the genocide. So like his yeah. his family flew, uh, they fleed. Is that a word? Uh, it is now. They went to, <laughs> and uh, he came over here when he was like in his mid twenties. Didn't speak a lick of English. Taught himself through children's books, and that's where he came up with the idea. So I was like, "Let's go with that. Let's fly with that." And things took off, and now we're we're opening a second location over there. So wow, dude, congratulations and thank you. <laughs> hey, don't thank me, man. Like we're just trying to pay it forward, you know. And hopefully these kids pay it forward. It's all about. Just doing our little part, you know, if everyone just does a little bit of good, it's like, it makes the world a better place. Yeah, you know what's funny, Wade, is like, uh, like, the way we grew up, I'm always like, it's a gift and a curse. Because at the same time, it's like, you've been through hell at such a young age, but that kind of lets you know that time is ticking and that you see, like, stuff and you're like, you, it kind of shakes you out of your ap- apathy, you know, and then you start, sure. and it, then you can do cool shit like that, like at an earlier age. The earlier we awaken and are aware that we have influence and power for good and, like, can do things and get the skills, like... There's nothing more powerful than that, I don't think. Yeah, like, I... No, just taking action. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, in this country, not everyone, but a lot of people, they're comfortable, you know, and their parents take care of them, and they go to school, and they have some destiny planned out, and they're, like, it's all kind of superficial, which is fine, you know, like, people, I want to be a skateboarder, like, whatever, but... You don't, a lot of us don't realize the power we could do with whatever we're trying to pursue, you it's know? It's almost like we were more fortuitous to have our circumstances, you know, coming out on the other end of it. Like, sometimes I think about that. Yeah. The fir- I wouldn't trade it, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change the history if I had the chance. I wouldn't, uh, yeah. If I am now, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know the depths of, uh, the feelings if I didn't go through it, you know? Like, it wouldn't be, like, when you say certain words and certain people say it, you can feel it when, because you know they experienced it, you know? Like, sure. <laughs> it's more powerful. Yeah, man. That's rad. Good, good on you, man. Keep that shit going. Let's get them everywhere. <laughs> Alright, moving along. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cross it over real quick. How'd you come, I mean, how'd you come up with the name? It seems very, uh, suiting. Yeah, so the, the capital of Rwanda is Kigali. Nice. And, uh, so we, we went over there and we were just canvassing a bunch of neighborhoods because we were trying to, like, find, like, what's the most needy place, you know, for our services. And there's this little neighborhood where, like, some of his family actually live. It's called uh, Nyamirambo. Say it again? It, uh, Nyamirambo. I like the way that sounds. I'm probably not saying it right. It's Rwanda. But uh, it's this it's predominantly Muslim neighborhood over Rwanda in Kigali. And, uh, I don't know, kids walk around shoeless and just wanting to learn and just providing that for them. That was life-changing for me, just seeing the, the first kids go in there and read. And actually... One of the most inspiring stories from that that reading center. When I was first there a couple of years ago, there was this kid named Labis, just this little dude, didn't speak any English, and now he actually teaches other kids. Wow! She gets in front of the class, teaches them. So wow. that's what it's all about. That's sick. Damn, that's so crazy. Did Did you have culture shock when you went there? Because you're coming from like you know a lower class in America, and then you go to somewhere else where it's like third world. <laughs> I. I only didn't because I had, like, a couple months before went to China for, like, a month. So I had experienced it there, so I was kind of ready. Yeah, I've been there. I've, I've seen that as well. 
China's China's a trip, huh? Very much so. <laughs> Very. <laughs> I went twice. I went with Zoo York for a month. I think I went with them twice. And we we went to some impoverished spots, but we also went to like Hong Kong and like you know more um, urban and settled spots. You guys are what? You guys filming? On yeah, a skate trip? exactly. Yeah. Just skateboarding, filming, maybe a demo or two. But it was so cool. It was trippy. How hyped are they on skating and just Americans in general, man? Like rock star status. Like I'm just a white dude, so everyone, these cute little Chinese girls coming up trying to get selfies with me. <laughs> I was just like, damn. <laughs> I should move here and clean up. Right? Oh, it's so easy. <laughs> yeah, I went with uh, I went with Terrell Robinson. Do you remember him? Yeah. Yeah, he's like um, he's an awesome like good friend. He's a, but for those listening, he's a black kid, but he didn't dress like he dressed like kind of punk rocker. So like, which wasn't that common then, you know? Like he kind of had all the hesh gear on and stuff, and uh. So in China, they were just like in awe of him. They had never seen anything like that. They're like, what? yeah. They were just two weeks into the trip. He came up to me and he's like, dude, like I can't handle this. He's like, and I'd watch it all day. Little Chinese people would walk up to him and just stare <laughs> in his face and stare in his face, like not say anything. They're just like, what? Like, <laughs> just gawking him away. There was so much gawking. Yeah, he couldn't handle it. He took. He had to take some time out, but he. <laughs> Yeah, that was hard. That was hard being there for a month, just like some strangers, and uh, not really having touch with, with people because we were going to like villages and shit. I did it for school. Yeah. And uh, Wi-Fi is spotty, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, so switching gears a little bit. Um, what's the decision? So we're making pizzas. You save some of that money. How do you? Yeah, I, I got hit by a car too. That they gave me a ton of money. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, so I got this. I don't know if you can see it, but I got a gnarly scar on my arm. Fuck yeah, I can see that. Where the beers at? Oh. Tell me so, the tell me the car accident though before we get any further. Okay, so I'm uh I'm cruising through downtown with my buddy Adam, just like driving around midsummer. I'm about to go to college, Salem State, and uh, we drive by this drive by this little like motorcycle shop and like the gayest little moped is nice. parked in the front and it's like 200 bucks and we were like dude let's buy this moped and just cuddle up real tight and ride this thing around downtown it's be ridiculous dumb and dumber <laughs> <laughs> so we actually uh we went downtown because mom went to like an art store nice and uh i don't know why but she gave us the money we went and bought it and uh, the thing needed gas, so I was like, all right, let me meet you up, up the street, the uh, gas station. I drove that thing for a whole, like, 30 seconds. Got nailed by a car. Gnarly. Yeah, I woke up four days later at Mass General. Was it your fault, you think, or did it just, what happened? No, no, it was totally the other kid's fault. I was just driving down the street, kind of, like, hugging the side of the road. Yeah. It's like I'm going mad slow, because it's, like, my first time. Cars are, like, flying by. And there's, like, cars parked along the side. And he pulls out of his driveway. Just didn't even see me. Just smashed me. Oh, that's a shitty day. <laughs> I don't even remember. So it's like you know, like a, I mean, I got a shitty arm now, but like, yeah. I got this scar. Oh, that's character, though. That scar's character. Yeah, character. <laughs> Makes you look like you're like some adventurer or something. Right. <laughs> so I got a little check from that. So you woke up in the hospital, though. Yeah, I woke up four days later. The med flighted me to uh, Mass General. Oh shit! Yeah, she was. It was pretty, uh, pretty scary. Real Not for me, but for everybody. 
Did you have insurance at the time? No, man. I was poor. I had mass health. Oh, yeah. That's just the shit they give you when you can't afford anything. I'm surprised they got the helicopter instead of just like a... <laughs> I'm like, surprised they didn't just let me die. Put them <laughs> <put 'em laughs> on the moped. <laughs> put them back on the moped. We'll get them there that way. <laughs> Shit's rough in America, dude. The things that we should care about, we don't care about. <laughs> Honestly, like, I'm surprised that, like, the insurance companies don't just let some people die. They're probably just like, you know, this guy doesn't pay enough in premiums. probably worth... Well, you know, a little more if he's dead. Dude, it's scary to me. The things that we should care about in this country and that our needs, our fundamental needs, we do not. We turn them into profit-making schemes. That's the worst fucking thing. You're telling me, man, I studied this shit. Yeah. You, gotta go to, you ever been to Norway? Iceland? Uh, I don't think I've been there. Dude, go to Iceland. Scandinavian countries got it down. I went to Estonia. Is that up in that area? No, that's like that's like Eastern Europe. Okay, okay. But they have it down. They have the healthcare down. Yeah, like the Nordic countries. Like when you think of like Vikings, like blonde hair, blue eyes, like yeah, chiseled chin. Go to Iceland, man. They actually like take care of people. Yeah, that's. Everybody awesome. goes to college for free. Everyone gets free healthcare. Yeah, I used to say, I used to say this all the time. Ass and taxes, but you Wait, take care. say it again. You pay up the ass in taxes, but you get taken care of. As long as those taxes go towards healthcare and shit like that, like, that's well. Yeah, yeah. I second Because, uh, our needs should be taken care of. If we can take, if our government can take care of our needs and, like, the basic ones and help us so we're not struggling, then we could transcend. We can move forward and go further, do great. Everybody's got to at least have a shot, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. That's why it's cool that you did that, the literacy, you opened that up. That's a, that's helping in that movement, yeah. you know? Just trying to level up the plan yeah. Um, shit. Uh, hold on real quick, alright? Sure. I'm gonna cross this off. Yeah, that's gnarly, man. So the, so your arm, what, what exactly happened there? Like, what's the damage done? So I guess it was like just destroyed in multiple places. So they, uh, put a nice metal plate in there, six screws, and, uh, yeah, <laughs> Did you have any more issues after that with skating? Cause I had headaches for a while, just because I had a brain contusion too, so it's like when you bleed inside your head. And they were actually like telling my mom in the hospital, like, yeah, we don't know if you might you know, be mentally challenged after this, which I probably am. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're self-deprecating, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, 100%, man. I'm like one of the most miserable guys you'll ever meet. I've never experienced this way ever. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> you're laughing as you're telling me it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm ironic. <laughs> so have you have you fallen on it skating at all? That's what I was wondering. Uh, you know what? I've only smashed my head probably like once or twice skating. All the years I've been skating, so. No, we're good. Yeah, I'm glad you're okay. I've been snowboarding for like four years, and I've smashed my head like 20 times on that thing. Dude, snowboarding scares me because I've been skating for so long. I don't know how to bail on a snowboard, so I worry about my knees. I worry about my knees, like because I you're strapped. Yeah, you're strapped in. I feel like the board's gonna twist, and my body's not gonna know to twist. It's like instant death. Yeah. <laughs> Funny story, actually. So I'm up at Waterville, right? Nice. And I'm getting all hyped up because we're making a couple laps through the park, and I hit like this 20 foot booter and do like a half a backflip. 20 feet. Yeah, I did like a half a backflip, and I land on my head, <laughs> and my bone is like sticking out of my shoulder right here, oh, and this guy right here, dude. With me. 
and I drive home. With the broken bone coming <laughs> Hey, could he not drive? I don't know. Why didn't you drive, homie? <laughs> <laughs> Suck it up, pussy. <laughs> right? That was funny. That was a good, t- good time. Who's your collarbone? Yeah, I broke the other one, too, the year after. All right, then. Playing wall ball in basketball. Oh, that's a shitty way to do it. Ran into a wall full speed. You were really into the game. <laughs> I'm so competitive sometimes. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, that's too funny. <laughs> I, I've done my CV joint. I think that's what it's called. Yeah, yeah, I did that one as well. That's the one I did when I when I ran into the wall. Yeah, I was at the do. Yeah, I was at the do tour somewhere. Yeah, I did that at the do tour. Steve Nestor was like, "Hey, front board this rail with me, like just to warm up." Nestor, I haven't heard that name in a while. <laughs> classic dude, classic dude. And uh, I went for the front board, and I just stuck and fell straight to my shoulder. I thought I broke the collarbone, but. It just bubbled up, and then I had to go to the doctors. And It never goes down either. Mine pops up like that, too. Yeah. It still hurts occasionally, but I've been working it out. Um. Okay, so back to the skate shop. Sure. What was your first move when you go, when you had the idea and you had the money? Uh, dude, I, I still don't know what I'm doing. So, like, imagine me then. I was just like, what do I even do? <laughs> It was just a vision, you know, like I had an idea of what I wanted it to look like. And I had an idea of like what I wanted the shop to be about. But I didn't know like the way by which to go about that. Yeah. So I mean I had a Conrad Frilla. Yeah. Yeah. He gave me some advice. He was like, You need to call Eastern Skate Supply and they're gonna they're gonna hook it up. So I was like, Alright. So I reached out to them. I reached out to you. You guys were, like, some of the first dudes to be on board consolidated. Those guys are fucking awesome. Hell yeah. Um, I don't know. Just one thing led to another. And it just happens, you know what I mean? You slowly just build on it piece by piece. Yeah. That's amazing. How long has the shop been open? We've been open since October. Nice. Damn. That's crazy. And uh, I wanted to touch a little bit on um, the park. You have a park nearby, right? I got a little indoor spot. I wouldn't call it park. Or do you want to talk about skate park? Yeah, skate park. Yeah, the one you were, you were at? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How far is that? So, like, right up the street, we got this little, like, prefab bullshit New England park. If you're from here, you know what that looked like. Yep. <laughs> All four people. How did those even come to be? One dude made a lot of money just fucking... One dude just annihilated. He just made it, huh? Here's my theory. There's a guy who didn't skateboard at all, but he had some design background. He saw skateboarding got popular, and he just went around to all these towns and convinced them to buy his same ramps. Yeah, he's like, I got concrete. You need this. <laughs> you, you want those kids off the streets, you got to buy these. Let's keep it equal rights. It could have been a woman. So, I'm just saying. Could have been anybody. <laughs> That's my theory. But you guys added some DIY stuff to it. We did. And uh, there's actually, like, OG guy, Tom DePier. Yep. He works for uh, Artisan Skate Parks. He's from here, and he's done, like, a ton of work over at the park. Um, he's built a corner bowl, mini pad. We put in a ledge and a rail and some other kind of crusty, gross shit, because I don't know how to build. <laughs> we try, you know? like Sometimes the DIY stuff's just as good as, like, something, you know, like, perfect. Yeah, sometimes getting something too perfect is almost, like, not as fun, you know what I mean? You want that little... Put a little crust on it. Yeah, sometimes if it's a struggle, it's still fun. Like, even the basics are still fun, you know? You work for right. it. <laughs> so, like, yesterday we threw that fundraiser because we're trying to get 
trying to raise money so we can build some more stuff over there. That's the whole point. Nice. We see all these nice parks getting built, you know, down like Lynch and shit, and I don't know. We got a pretty strong skate scene here, so we should have one too. Yeah, I agree with that. That's what I was... I was not going to do it. You just got to take initiative and do it yourself because I'm an activist, so it's like I do things, you know? Yeah. That's how it should be done. Um, the people that care about it should see way. It's like you just need those people, though. You guys got Livesy, right? Yeah, Livesy's nearby. We have a DIY in New Bedford as well. I mean, I live 10 minutes from Skater's Edge, you know, the edge. So I have that place, and I do a lot of work for them just trying to keep that afloat because an indoor park in the summer is ghost town, you know? Tell me. 30,000 square feet, you're paying for nothing, basically. Right. Yeah, I go down there a lot in the winter. Going up there now. No, yeah, I can't blame anyone. It's too nice out. You don't want to be indoors when it's super nice out. Pops. I love the vibe down there, though. Oh, dude, they're all about it, man, for sure. The best vibe ever. Yeah. Like for an indoor spot, I think. Well, I consider it like my home spot, and I try to make it a community by communicating with everybody, young, old, whoever comes. Nothing, tra- but, nothing but good vibes down there, man. Yeah. One second, I'm going to let my dog out. <laughs> Sorry. Do it, man. Hey. She's, no. she's trapped in my office. Yeah, she's struggling, Wade. She's getting older. Amber, she's a beagle. She's getting older. We rescued her. She has tumors all on her stomach, and she's just like, she she tore her ACL. So, like, when you're an old dog, you tear your ACL. You don't want to walk, and I have to, like, force her to walk. And, like, How old is she? Um, To be honest, I don't know, but she's much older than Elwood. Yeah, my girl knows all the numbers, but I just know it's, like, getting towards that time, and my she's, like, my bestie, so it's, like, oh, my heart. <laughs> like, I can't even relate right now, because, like, I've had my puppy for nine months, and I already, like, love her, but I can't imagine what it'd be like for, like, years deep, you know? Yeah, that's how we got Elwood. El- our other dog, Elwood, he's a purebred. We got him from my sister. My sister bred her dachshunds, and we got Elwood, and we had him from the beginning, so he's completely different than Amber, you know? Yeah. He's like spoiled child, and Amber's just like dysfunctional, angry at the world. <laughs> For real. Still a teenage boy. <laughs> so funny, man. Um, so I wanted to get more into current events, like with the shop. Like, how do you? Because I, I want people to understand that a skate shop is like any, you know, small business, and it's a struggle. And like, what are things you do, and how are you getting through? You know, in the time you've been open. So when I when I open the shop. My vision was to make, like, a community skate shop. Like, that's that's huge for me. If, if we're not that, then it's like, I, I don't even want to exist. What, like, is that, what does that What does that mean, take. though? What does that mean? Like, involve everyone beyond skaters, or? Yeah. Well, not, not necessarily. We'll get into that. Because <laughs> I think that's where we're going to have some conflict of uh, opinion. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but, like, I just wanted it to be an inclusive place. Like, you know, like, growing up, sometimes you walk into a skate shop and kind of feel that that negative vibe, like this dude might be judging me. Yeah. Like, I, did, I didn't want that here. This is like a place where everyone to come hang out, like, come shoot the shit with me, we'll watch a skate video together, we're always playing skate, um, making plans for a trip. Like, I just wanted it to be that spot, so. Yeah, that seems like the way to do it. If you get too cool, then you're, you boot people Yeah, up. you kind of get like an ego, and you're like, oh, where the shit, you know, like, who the fuck are you? Like, I didn't want it to be like that. I wanted it to be like, everyone feels invested in this place. It's their shop. It's not mine. I'm just, like, the conduit. You know what I mean? Like, but this is theirs. Yeah, I know that very much because 
there's a shop near me, Solstice, which has been around 18 years. And to me, that... Yeah, I'm when, I, like, when I made the shop, I'm thinking the shop's like Jay. Yep. And like Ralphie, I've read about it. It was Ralphie, but... Yeah. Shop's just keeping it core, like, above the scene, you know? Yeah, without, without that skate shop, man, that whole world, that whole community, like you said, like, that's what saved my life was that those people in that community, you know? Awesome. And if they were too cool, yeah, if they were too cool for my fucking little annoying ghetto ass that didn't know anything, <laughs> then I would have never had a chance. Like, the, the coaches didn't let me on the team. You know what I mean? Like, shit. <laughs> right. Get up somewhere. Like, skateboarding has always been accepting of, like, outcasts. Like, that's why I had, like, a, I don't know, that's why I was more inclined to skate. I feel like it was more accepting of people who were kind of, like, on the fringes of what's cool you know yeah yeah unconventional but for sure like people that people that take different approaches because like skating will accept you no matter what gender what sexual preference what education like you don't need to code yeah as long as you're as long as you're hyped on skating and you can do it however you want to it's an art form so everyone can do it differently and be as weird or crazy or cool or whatever but like it's it's like it's for everybody you know it's something that we don't own i don't fucking own skateboarding you know <laughs> but I'll that's drink to that too. yeah. I'll drink to that too. I appreciate that the shops like yours open and that have that mentality. It's very, it's very important nowadays, especially in skating. I feel like yeah, because I mean we're at the, I don't know, we're kind of like a, a really crossroads, maybe. Yeah, like I don't know. It's just like it seems weird, and I don't even know if I have enough authority to even be saying that because I've only been skating for I don't know. Well, like 17 years but like i don't know if i've seen enough to make a proper judgment but it just feels really strange like these times dude how old are you i just turned 27 you've skated for more than half your life your opinion matters most of my guests have been skating for either half or or more than half their life so they're made up of more skating than not so i mean yeah, yeah. blood sweat tears you know what i mean Fair um, I agree. It's a weird time in skateboarding right now. I have a list. I have this list, and I wrote Olympics on it because I just figured. Like I don't even like the way that sounds. <laughs> I don't like that. But picture the uniforms. How funny that would be. <laughs> but I, I already know what they look like. They're just gonna say Nike SB all of them. Yeah, one of those. And then Ugh. what I picture is like a unitard. It's like a tight. <laughs> Neon, like kind of what Nigel wears already. Like he wears like those tight fitting clothes where it looks uh, like a football player almost. Like, yeah, yeah. And I mean, no disrespect to Nigel. If that's how you take it, Dude then he kills it, but he doesn't represent me. Yeah, it's a different styles and preferences. But that's what I picture as the Olympics because I started thinking, what's the top three skaters going to be in the Olympics? Nigel is going to be in there. P Rod. P Rod. Damn, that'd be fun. Right. Yeah, Luan would be in there too. But would they all have to wear a uniform that's matching? With the flags and stuff? I wonder. They're gonna wear cups? Ah, uh, that would be funny. <laughs> For the rails? <laughs> that, imagine if they look like American gladiators with cups. That'd be so funny, dude. <clears throat> I think, I, my opinion on this is I want it to happen because then it separates what they do from what we do that much more. But does it? Because then, like, the average person is just like, oh, you're a skateboarder? Oh, you, what are you training for the Olympics? No, I do this for fun. But I feel like, but I feel like, um, if there's ten people 
and they find skateboarding, four of them are going to get into, like, what we're into and, like, the culture of it. And then the other six might think it's a competition. And then if the Olympics come, maybe that number doubles. Now it's eight kids that get into it because it's expression in life and art. And then the other percentage goes to the Olympics. Maybe. Maybe I'm crazy. I don't fucking know. <laughs> These are all fucking... I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't, like, consider myself, like, a purist because, like, I'm not, like... I don't know, I, I'm trying not to be a hater, but, like, I feel like if everyone starts doing what we're doing, it loses some of what makes it special. Yeah, since the re that's why I say go ahead with the Olympics, because that's not what I do. That's the complete opposite of what I do. That's right. numbers, that's numbers, rules, and all that shit. I don't do any uh, of it. That's gross. I mean, <laughs> you know, like, skateboarding should just be, skateboarding shouldn't be a means to an end. Skateboarding is an end in itself. You should skateboard because it's fun. Yeah. Not because you want to be cool, you want to be sponsored by Nike, or you want to make money. Like, skateboarding is the fucking raddest thing. You should want to do it because it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Second you make it a career path or a job, then the fun's sucked out of it. Because then you have all these right. expectations and uh, all this shit that comes along with that. And I'm totally cool with, like, the dudes who are legit, who have paid their dues, making a life. Like, People like you, you've been in the game for a minute, like, that's why I supply all my decks. Hell yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Because, like, you have some authority. You should be able to make a living. Like, you've paid your dues, but, like, some of these other dudes, like, I don't know. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop that shit, you know? Like, Nike is never stepping foot in my shop. Yeah. I'll die before that. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers to that, my friends. And I... <laughs> I don't know how I feel about the big shoe thing. That's been a conversation. I just had one with Ramsey. If you go back and listen to the last episode, and he has that, yeah, he has the same stance on the corporate shoe thing. The thing where I have a confusion is like, if a if someone came to me with a big check and was like, "Hey, we want you to endorse this," that's hard to say no, man. Well, I'd put that money right into all I need, which we all already know is more skateboarding, right? So like, yeah, yeah. I'm so conflicted. Luckily, that check. Yeah. How do you think it feels for me? Yeah, I'm a skate shop owner, so it's like. Financially, I live and die on this shit. Every day is like a moral conflict for me because I'm like, okay, do we want, do we just want to start selling everything? Like, I'll, I'll put scooters in here. We'll be rich tomorrow. But like, <laughs> or do I want to keep it core and just keep it with like what we're about? Yeah. And that's what I've decided to do. And maybe we die because we've done that. But like, you know what? I feel better about it. So. Well, I don't think you'll die. I think you'll just have to change your approach because if you stick to the core, that means you're going to have to do more events, more promotion, more community. You're going to have to bring the people to the core instead of the other right. way around, you know? And that's, that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. That's what I try to do as well. I've already had like 20 events. We've only been open for like eight months. That's the way to do it, though, because you know you know, skating is more about, you know, um, it's about the qualities. It's about the qualities you gain from skating, and it's not about points. So, like, if you can show parents that, like, yeah, these parents, if you can show the parents and the people around that, hey, their kid could get into this, and this is about community, helping each other grow, and, like, every time they're on their board, they're learning, they're trying, they're expressing themselves. Like, if you can show the public that, then they'll come to us, and we don't have to sell them some bullshit. Like, they can be the next Nija or whatever, you know? Like, right. there's only one person that gets number one. That's why it's number one. Right. Everybody else gets fucking excluded. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so it's not fun. It's like, Competition's not fun. Like, I like to compete with myself, because then you can beat yourself, but, like, sure. yeah, so, but you take, definitely taking the harder road, but I think that road is more, more rewarding. I think your road's more rewarding and honest. Trying, man. We'll <laughs> see, we'll see how that works out for us. But at the, but then going back to what we were just saying, it's like, 
I don't know. When you it, it when his business grows and stuff, you have to take care of a lot of people and people's jobs and all that stuff always comes into it, you know. And then that's when those decisions get gray area because you're like, you have people weighing on you, you know, like a lot of gray area, man. It's like I don't know. Sometimes you just I, I feel a lot of conflict, like morally, like I'm I'm making moral judgments like daily, you know, like what do we carry? Yeah. Do I do I sell some shoes that I don't personally back, but I think we'll sell. That'll keep us afloat. So I can, I can always find a way to justify a certain action, but like, you have to find a point where you just draw the line and say like, no, we don't do that. Yeah. Like, we'll do everything, but we won't do that. And that's hard, you know? That's yeah. a hard thing to do. Yeah. I don't, I, hey, I admire you. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> it's fine, man. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. I, I feel good about this wall. No, that's a classic board wall right there. It looks like you're supporting all the legit brands. Especially, especially, the thing that confuses me is, like, with Dex, I understand, because skaters should start the skateboard brands, right? Right. One second, I'm going to let Edward freak out. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> I hear him. Yeah, they, they, my dogs interrupt my show all the time, and I'm sorry to the listeners, like, sorry you in, we, I interrupt these interviews and conversations, but they're my babies. you got to understand that. Like, right. <laughs> no kids for you, right? Yeah, no. No, right now it's Elwood and Amber. Those are my babies. <laughs> I love them more than anything. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, okay, so what I was saying was, um, with the board brands, especially, it's like those should be skater owned, skater run. Imagine if boards brand board brands, if they're sold like. I'm trying to think like about dude in the tie. <laughs> like, yeah, like where would, I mean that already happened. Like I used to ride for New York, and that was like there were skaters involved, but it was owned by like Mark Echo and all that stuff, and they're just selling yeah. stuff to the masses because it had New York on it. Nothing against them. It's whatever. It's America. Do what yeah, you do. Yeah, it's the industry. I mean, that was the reality of the situation. I got to travel all over the world because of that. You know, like right. which was pretty. I don't know what people benefit, but it's like I don't know. You gotta decide like what you want to be about. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And as a skate shop, it makes sense. Like, no. if you just can't sign, make it a sale. Oh, hey, please don't let me stop you. That's yeah. right. we're not even open, but we, we want the lights on. <laughs> <laughs> That's how this podcast is coming to be right now. Yeah, it's a weird area, man. I'm so conflicted because I've seen all sides of the coin, and like, I think about it all the time. And I, and, but I, that's why. I, what is your opinion? I mean, you've been on the inside. I'm, I'm just talking to some know it all youngin who just opened a shop like i, I want to know what it's like to be on the other side of it like well to me like i love everything you're saying like that's where a skate shop should be it should be the person that's a lifer and wants to look after the best interest of skateboarding and skateboarders and that means supporting skateboarders that are doing brands like all i need right. thank you for that you know like because hey, of you, you guys been supporting it from the beginning like i was open for a month i reach out to you yeah you bring your whole team up here to chill with us like that's what skating is about that hypes me up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. I think the kids need to realize who the brands are that are keeping the scene strong and like support those groups. Like, keep the money in the hands of the skateboarders because those are the only ones that really care about what you're doing. Yeah, ex- exactly. So, like, the fact that you ordered boards from us and you were able to sell them, that money I took and I put into our trip to go film for our next video or into our are um the art the boards the t-shirts all the like my friend's right. art you know like we put it on and we and your your shops are helping fund this reality like i don't even take any money from all i need or anything like 
I just let that grow. I, I still work a full-time, I work a full-time job. I'm brand manager for World Industries as well. And all that trickles into all I need, which is skating. So, like, I'm on, I see, I, I love what you're doing, first of all. I love your approach and, like, all that. But being a sponsored skater that I was and, like, skating for Zoo York and Birdhouse, which was huge at the time. and Huge. Yeah, World Industries even. Um, yeah, what's Willie Santos like? Willie, Willie has always been nothing but nice and respectful to me. And like, this motherfucking style. Oh, his skating is amazing. Like, (laughs) and he's always been nothing but polite and like funny and like just straightforward. I've never really like, I've hung out with him, but I I was younger, you know? So, but like, I'm going to have him on the show so we can really kick it again. And like, you know what I mean? I'd like to listen to that guy. Yeah. He's so OG, like the smoothest style ever. He's the man. So, but anyways, back to what we were saying is, uh, I'm conflicted too because, you know, I work for World Industries, which isn't skater owned, but they employ me, which I put my life into skating. And the cool thing that I like about World is they're focusing on footwear. And right now in footwear, it's all sports companies and World is not a sports company. World it's 27 years is made up of them paying artists and skaters to make one of the most epic histories in skateboarding. Hands down, all the legends. You could, we could go through all the legends. So, like... Kareem. Yeah, exactly. But you, it just goes and goes. The list is ridiculous. The art and the skating and the culture and everything that yeah. came from this brand. So, to me, I'm like, well, you know, it's not owned by skaters anymore, but they're employing me, and I have... I can add to this rich legacy of, like insaneness that is art and, art and skateboarding and not sports. So I'm so conflicted because I'm in the middle of all of this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like a lot of people feel like they're in that, in that awkward space, you know? Like, yeah. Am I staying true to my values or am I, you know, I don't know, pushing this terrible machine forward that's getting worse? Like, I don't know. Like, something's going to give eventually, right? Well, my, my way of doing it is where I can stay core and true to myself is I keep a full-time job and I do all the apparel through there. So I'm bringing World in and doing some apparel for their online, and then I do all I need to pair. When's your shoe dropping? What's that? When's your shoe dropping? Oh, it's uh, September. Like that's been in the mix for like a year now. No, it has. It's designed. We've been going back and forth and fixing it, but it's coming out September, later this year for sure. I have black and red colorway. Super excited. And my first shoe with World was so good because my homie Colin is from Massachusetts, actually. He designs his shoes. And, like, he shreds and he knows he knows what I I told him. I'm like, he needs to hold up. This needs to be a good-ass skate shoe. needs to be comfortable and needs to look dope. It can't be no trendy shit. It's got to be a legit skate shoe that's going to transcend, like, over time. Like, where you're just like, I got that shoe. It skated great and it looked good and it feels great. Like, those are the priorities. So we... He got that with my first shoe, and then this is, like, even more updated, you know? Like, here's our second chance at making another shoe together. And, uh, yeah, I'm so excited for that to come because it, I love the way it fits, obviously. Except for now, I got a sunburn on my feet from yesterday. Dude, my feet are so bloated. I, I ate edibles and passed out on the beach and my legs and everything. I look like a lobster. I look like a lobster. <laughs> oh, shit. Um... Alright, back to what we were saying. I'm kind of losing focus. But, uh, yeah, my way is just to keep my full-time job. So, like, I keep a full-time job because I don't want to take away from, like, I don't want to live off of all I need because I want it to grow. Like, I don't know. I have a lot of writers and people that love it and people that film and do the art. And I'm like, let's see how far we can take this. I don't want to take to pay my mortgage or whatever. So, I just kind of made it where my work 
you know, I'm working a nine to five or eight thirty to five, but I'm also half the time I'm doing clothes for all I need or for world or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's such a blurry world right now, but I'm fine with, it. I'm happy because I know I'm working towards an end goal, which is like, you know, where I grow these things bigger than I could if I was living off of them, you know? You're supporting your passion too. It's like, that's, that's invaluable. You know what I mean? Like this doesn't make me any money, but I love what I'm doing. So it's like, I don't care. That's not making me any money. And I, gar- and I guarantee those kids on the couch, they're like so thankful for this community and the spot and all the energy and all the boards and like they're part of a fucking cool world. Oh, <laughs> it's an experiment for me. Like this is an experiment. Do kids care enough nowadays? Because I feel like it's changed so much with the internet. And, you know, a lot of kids are just like shopping online. It's a little cheaper. It's like, do they care enough about keeping a local and supporting a local skate scene to still go to a skate shop and, and I don't know time will tell yeah yeah but I don't know when's the last time Amazon threw you a demo with Anthony Shepard yeah hell yeah <laughs> that's, my, that's my question <laughs> dude that was like that all the I did in the back of the shop my toe still hurts from that but it was well worth it <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking beastly dude nobody's ever done that you came here and just all of that good try hold up hold up Look at, oh I can't run I, I got a hot pocket hold up no worries I was like 30, I think I was 32, 33 when I ollied that. Oh, you got the photo. Yes. Okay, we're wrapping you on the wall. Man. Who shot it? Who shot it? Zach Belmonte, dopest photographer around. I follow him. I see all this stuff. Hell yeah. He took a bunch of photos of uh, Kevin Clem. Yeah, Kevin Shreds. Down at the New England Amp, he got a bunch of gnarly photos. You guys should have him down there next time. Yeah, absolutely. This year it's coming. November 5th and 6th, New England Amp's coming back. There, you know it. Third annual. I can't believe this is going to be our third year. Yeah, I, love it, man. I love what you're doing. You're putting us on the map. Yeah, it's awesome. Man. It's everyone coming together. That's what's doing it. We had 25 shops. We had Westgate. It was, it was fucking all day skating. <laughs> it was so dope. It was fun. Two, we had a good time. Yeah, two days as well. And what's cool about that is like, if all of us that live it and love it come together, that makes the scene. That's the scene. Like, I just. I said, like you were saying earlier, you just facilitated it. I just, like, saw a need, and I I created it, and then everyone actually made it reality. I just had the idea, you know. Dude, so, let's, keep, let's keep it going. Okay. Make it the next, make that the, the Tampa. You yeah. want to be at New England. No, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I live for it, dude. I love this shit. Like, that's, I'm totally, it's going for as long as I can physically do it myself, you know. <laughs> um, I love it, man. All right, what you're doing. Let me go through this list real quick. Let me cross off some stuff. I don't want to miss anything. You were 26 when you got your master's? I was, man. 26 years old, got a master's, opened a skate shop. Yeah. Doing good. Living the dream. Trying. I'm trying. <laughs> That's alright. That's all you can do is try. If you can try really hard and work and learn from your mistakes, I think you can build off of that and it can grow. It might be take inches, might take inches. It might take inches to add up, but either way, if you're moving in the right direction. I just feel like amazed that, like, I always just have, like, these crazy visions, and, like, they somehow happen. Yeah. It's like, if you can just think about it, and just, like, slowly work towards it, things will happen. That's how I got my bachelor's. That's how I got my master's. That's how I opened the shop. How I opened the library halfway across the world. Yeah. And now we got, like, this little tiny skate park on the street, an indoor one. And, like, I don't know. Just think about things and work towards it, and then it happens. Is that your indoor spot? Yeah, we call it the dog pound. <laughs> Fucking awesome. <laughs> shitty little tiny space that dusty, gross. We're probably 
going to get mesothelioma. <laughs> I don't uh, mean to laugh at that. We were skating with, with masks on when we first opened the thing. Brutal, brutal. Yeah. But in the winters. You know how it is, man. This is New England winter. Like, we got nowhere to go for six months, so. So clutch. That's where we're going. Yeah. And then weekends at, at the edge. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I want to compliment you on your sign at the shop. When you walk in, for the people listening, when you walk into Underdog, you walk in, you, you walk in, it's really clean. It's like, um, it's, I really like all the subtle touches. You made all the board racks and like, you have all these cut out, cut out letters and, uh, and when you turn that was all, all the way, that was my girl. Oh, really? She killed it? The little touches, like all the little details, that was that was all her. Yeah, I am, I really like all of it. Tell her she killed it. I will. And my favorite part is when you're leaving the shop, right, as you're walking out, right above it says, support the underdog, which is fucking genius. <laughs> you like that? And look, now I got a little addition to the to the right of it. My homie Drew, four year, New Bedford. Wow. Oh, it's he, takes, he, he takes the old broken skateboards. Uh, let me tell you about all the local shit we got going. Yeah, please do, please do. Because this is all about the kids. Nice. So we got, we got this home the home again. <laughs> Sick. Those are all used decks that I give out for free. So, like, you find yourself in a bind, you don't get paid till next week, you need a deck? Right here, you come here. Bam. You support skateboarding. I lived off those for years. Yeah. Just used hand-me-downs. So I dug through Solstice's trash after they closed, and they would have, like, boards in there that were shit. <laughs> Rode the fuck out of them. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we got those, right? Yeah. And then we got these snap boards, because, like, there are a bunch of kids doing awesome shit. There's this 14-year-old dude from New Redport, Matt Reeves. Comes, takes the broken boards. Oh, sick. Makes the skate rings. Nice, I got one on. Look at, well, sorry, I don't mean to flip you off. But I got one on. Sick. Yeah, it's cool. Those are awesome. Yeah, and then the other dude, Drew, Takes the boards, makes clubs. Nice. Yeah, that's the new addition. It's like little, he calls them Ollie openers. It's like a bottle opener. <laughs> oh, those are way sick. Yeah. Little decks, dude. Fucking so tight. Damn, next time I come to the shop, I'm copping one for sure. It's not like so, and then I got this. My homie Mike started, he works, like half the dudes that come to the shop work at a pizza place, like right next door called Flatbread. <laughs> sick. Pizza has a big role in your life. Called ideas. Pizza has a big role in your life. Pizza's <laughs> got a huge role. So, like, he's got a ton of clothes up in here. What's the brand name? It's called Ideas, like, with the eyeball. Sick. You'd like this shirt a lot. Hold on. And he uh, works at the pizza spot, and that's how he spawned in his clothing brand? Yep. That's fan his dudes, man. Dope. You'd like that one. Happy buds. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that one's nice. <laughs> Oh, right. I think I've seen him on Insta. Yeah, dude. So it's just like, for me, this is just like an awesome opportunity to give back and support the skateboarding scene that has done like so much for my life, you know? Like, yeah. let's give them a space to grow. Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's what it should be about. That I didn't even really think of that angle, but that angle's amazing because if your homies have cool ideas and are creating cool stuff and they're small time and you, you're able to provide a commercial... It provides them like some legitimacy. Like, oh, so you're shit at underdog? You're a commercial spot, a commercial residence, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you legit. <laughs> you did the paperwork. 
that's awesome. <laughs> that's a really cool um, situation for you to be able to do that, you know, to have that. To get back, man, like, I don't know. That makes me, like, so stoked. Yeah. Damn, so cool, man. All right, let me go through this real quick. Let me share. We already covered that. Oh, um, we already covered that, kind of. Um, all right, I want to do the opposite of, like, the Olympics and shit. What's something you're really stoked on and, and about skating right now? Maybe, like, um, like the industry-wise, like, is there anything you're really stoked on? You see something hype? What am I stoked on industry-wise? Like, besides, like, you're doing a core shop right now, dude. There, are, yep. there, are there any brands or people that have done cool stuff that you're like, yeah, that's the way to do it? I know you mentioned our demo, which is cool. Thank you. But anybody else you can think of? Uh, the dudes over at High Water. Sick. What's this? It's uh, Ryan Hall's company. Sick. Homies out of Somerville. They opened a clothing brand called Big Manga. Oh, yeah. I've heard of Ground Fall. You probably know those dudes. Yeah, I, I, they're awesome. Uh, they've been supporting us since day one. Um, yeah, go for it. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like the industry just ebbs and flows, but nothing really. there's nothing really different. Yeah. I had a question. Do you sell a lot of DVDs anymore? I literally probably don't even have any right now. I wonder, because I'm trying to figure out where this I is. I had like three, and like, I sold them, but I don't hear enough interest. To sell. Like, this is YouTube generation. I know. You well, know, nobody, like, when I was growing up, it was like, you gotta get your hands on the Medic Naughty VHS. This shit is hot. One of my, <laughs> one of my favorite videos. But nowadays, they're just like, you know what, I'll watch some revived YouTube videos. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone. It's gone in two Come minutes. On, man. It's so sad. Like, am I just old and jaded, or is that, like, is that stupid? No, 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 no. Because, like, I I only ask this because we're going to do another full length with all I need. Uh, Full length with all I need, and it's coming out later this year. And I was like, is it even worth it to put DVDs in with the boards? Like, free DVDs? Because I don't know, man. Like I've been sitting to see these videos. Yeah. Jam and dim sum. These local homies fucking kill it. Amazing. I watched them both. Dude, rip, and it's like they just sit there. I don't think the kids care. You well, know, like. Do you have a DVD player in the shop? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah, yeah. You watch DVDs all day. Look at my stacks. Nice. Well, see, that gives me some hope then, because I want to give away a DVD with each board, and then that way you could just have it in the shop or wherever you know, or. I'll, I'll push those. I'll push those all day. Yeah, that would be cool to like... Well, because my concept is like, if I could get them to shops, then they could play them in the shops if they still have DVD players. But I wonder if maybe they get the HDMI cable. <laughs> I don't know if those Nike boutiques got DVD players. I don't know if they're <laughs> They have to cover it up. It doesn't they look like right. <laughs> You're not a fan of the Olympics then, I'm guessing. <laughs> Do you like anything that's in the Olympics? Any other sports? And like entertainment wise? Uh, ice skating ice skating's pretty dope. Don't front. No, no, like you know what? Like I've got nothing respect for those people, but you know what I mean? Like those people are basically what you are. They put their they pay their dues, they work their whole lives for their passion and they're they're trying to put themselves out there. Like that's badass. But that's just not but that's not our scene. That's not our culture. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you play baseball you play hockey, like, that's your pinnacle, you know, like, that's where you're working towards. Yeah, yeah. But for a skateboarder, that shouldn't be the goal. Yeah, agreed. I worry it. It's like an innately competitive thing to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what makes us special, you know, like, we're doing this just because we love doing it. 
if it doesn't make us special, just, yeah, it makes us deviate from the norm, at least, you know? Right, right. Because <laughs> special could be handicapped, I guess. <laughs> could go either way. <laughs> Which is cool. I like that. <laughs> do you ever, do you ever, just a... Just a funny joke. Do you ever whip out your masters to the young dudes, like when they when their son comes in? Because I deal with a lot of sixteen year olds. I'm thirty three, and they say some of the craziest shit. You're like, you don't even, you haven't even lived yet, and you're saying so such confidence. Do you ever just? You know, I, I would. I don't even think the majority of people I know even know that I have a masters. It's not something that like I, I flout, you know. Oh, dude, I have gold chain. I would have a gold chain that should be mounted on a gold <laughs> chain. I walk around with that shit all day. <laughs> Yeah, because it's just like, I don't know, it's not like, I don't know, it's it's not like a cool thing to say for to be like, oh, I got a master's in international relations. It's kind of, it's kind of boring. Maybe, not to me. I, <laughs> that's amazing to me. That's not boring at all. It is as well. I mean, that's why I pursued the career, but it wasn't like, I don't know, I'm not going to run talking. 15 year old skateboarders, but well, politics because they probably wouldn't find that interesting. Oh, no, I just mean use it in like a fucking, uh, like a dictator kind of way. They oh, say like, some crazy shit. I got <laughs> Exactly. America. America. <laughs> I wet my ass with it. <laughs> That's why I said I'd chain it up, dude. I walked out, I'd be, I'd be walking around all day, all over town with that thing. Anyone says anything rude, I'd be like, just look, look, look at this. <laughs> my, mom's, my mom's got all the degrees up on her wall. Nice. That's a classy move. Yeah. That's a good son move. Good for you. Yeah. She's all I got, man. She's all I got. That's right, man. Um. All right. Moving forward. Sorry. All right. Before we go, I don't want to hold you up too much longer, but if it, what's all the social media sites like? If people want to check out Underdog or your um, non. Follow us on follow us on Insta. Um, oh, we even got a Snapchat, yeah. Nice. What's the Snapchat's name? Snapchat's always hot. We're going to New York next week. I'm taking the homies to New York. It's nice. Pop. Nice. All right, what's the Snapchat name? Uh, I believe it's just Underdog Skate. Is that right? Yeah, just Underdog Skate. So Snapchat and Instagram, Underdog? On Instagram, we're Underdog Skate Shop. On Snapchat, Underdog Skate. Perfect. Um, and and what we got a big cartel if you're trying to cop some... Some underdog hoodies. Nice. And what's the website? Uh, underdog Big Cartel. Dot com. Perfect. And then if people want to check out what you're doing with the the reading center, is there a blog or anything? Kigali Can you spell that for me? Sure. K I G A L I. Perfect, man. Wade, you are the fucking man. Thank you so much. No, but thank you, man. Thanks for all you're doing for our like local skate scene. I fucking, I deeply appreciate it. It's it's us together. It's people that really dedicate their lives. Can I get you up here next month? I'm trying to throw like a a bull bash over at Newburyport. Yes. So you're trying to get the homies together. Corey Coonan. Love that dog. Yeah, stay goon. We'll bring Corey Goon and Billy Drown. We'll get Kevin Clem. We'll get Ryan Adelman. Yeah, yeah. All of them. Ramsey, maybe. Rips. We can maybe get Ramsey if he's not daddy duty. <laughs> I love Ramsey. I, that podcast was awesome. Like, that dude is an awesome dad. Like, if you're trying to have a family, like, not many people should have kids. Yeah. But he is, a, he is an awesome dude. I know. I'm so jealous of his kid. I wish I was Ramsey's kid because then I could get right. more Ramsey in my life. <laughs> weird that was a weird way to say it 